and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of TV My Husband Hates. How are you doing, Reagan? We're good. We're good. Uh, we start our home reno in less than a week, and we're getting prepared to move into our basement. All of us. Uh, that sounds um, not stressful at all. <laughs> It's been really nice because I've been selling a lot of stuff and getting rid of a lot of stuff. And for me, like big purging always feels really good. Me too. But um, yeah, I, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, you'll be able to tell. I think listeners will be able to tell as the weeks go on how the, how the <laughs> living in the basement with all your family is going. How my mind um, slowly declines. I love you with all my being, but I also know that you like if you're over some shit. Yeah, it's very. There's no hiding that. So I'm excited no. to see this. Yeah, I'm really excited for when it's going to be done, and that's what I'm really trying to hold on to. Like it's the first Focus time I've ever that. bought appliances. It's the first time I've ever done anything like this. So I'm excited to see it when it's done. But it it'll be uh it'll be interesting until then. At least the kids will be in school. Like at least we didn't start this at the beginning of COVID, and we were all going to be in the basement all the time. Can every you even day, imagine? Forever. So God. we'll see. Um. Well, obviously my kids are not yet in school. I mean, one of them is, the other doesn't, isn't in until the 28th. I could talk about it, but just go to my Instagram. I'm <laughs> bitching about it on there every day. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're nearly there. The light is on. I can see it, almost touch it, but as yet um, still a significant amount of a dark tunnel to go but it's fine i'm nearly there i'm just powering on through i'm like you in the basement i'm just yep. holding on to the happy thoughts that's right that that's the name of the game for the rest of the year just hold on to those happy thoughts until 2021 oh god and that's assuming that 2021 is going to be any better i sort of have this horrible feeling that like the ball's gonna drop on new year's eve you know, that kind of midnight thing. And this big voice is just going to go round two. And we're going to be like all over again. It's going to be like nailed it. So me, so we've been watching nailed it every Friday night with the kids. We have like pizza and nailed it night. And one of Heath's favorite things is to go four, three, two, one. You're done. And <laughs> that's what the voice is going to say. Uh, I hope that's what the voice says. Either that or we all just have to fucking shout Jumanji and just get the shit out of there. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, do, uh, this is, God, it's like, you know, we're, we're going to talk about Dorinda at the beginning of this episode is like 2020 is going to be a great year. And I'm like, I'm not falling into that trap again. I'm not going to no. sit here and go 2021 is going to be a great year. I'm going to expect the motherfucking worst. Yeah. And then... It can only go up from there. I mean, the good thing for us is that our election happens in November. So we'll kind of know what next year is going to hold for us. You'll have a good indicator. of. We'll have of, a good indicator. It'll yeah. go either way. <laughs> God help us all. Anyway, oh. shall we get on to the shows? Because we lost... Uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills this week because of course it was the first week of the reunion so we'll be yes. doing a Minnesota so we're down to four shows um, and the first of that is Real Housewives of Potomac and this is the girls trip to the lake house which 
I don't, I, I don't know if like lake house is a thing in the UK actually. Like here, I grew up like my step grandparents had one and it was not a Monique Samuels lake house by any means, but it was like a tiny little house that was like on a really cool lake in Texas and we went and celebrated it. It was not private chefs and guest quarters and the fanciness no. that these women are accustomed to. That being said though, there is a bit of me that's like, I feel like Monique, we saw her, we discussed how she was maybe getting a touch of the overwhelms last week. And then this week, I feel a bit like she's doing that thing that we're all guilty of, where we just put so much pressure on ourselves to do everything. You know, like take all our friends and host them at the guest house, like potty train our kids, potty train our bird. I mean, you know, yeah. obviously it's all relative, but essentially there's part of me, it's like, Monique, you need to chill the fuck out. Yeah, she needs to slow down. I mean, especially because she drove out to the lake house and got it ready for everybody. It's like, you've got the money. Hire someone to do that. I know. It seemed crazy. It seemed like, yeah. and I sort of recognized a little bit of myself in, in that, that kind of, I can do it all. I can do it all. And then you find me in the corner rocking and crying and t- just like tell Eating me when it's hair. all over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so I felt like I just want to say, babe, it's just not worth it. Like, let them turn up to the lake house, put their own fucking sheets on. But I, I, you know, I appreciate it. It looks fun. Uh, Pre-departure, though, we have um, yet another really just dispiriting and heartbreaking exchange between Ashley and Michael. I hate Michael. I hate Michael too. I mean, I can honestly, from my guts, say that. He's so despicable. He's a bad man. Like, here he is giving his, you know, what? Because, like, their baby's, like, three months old, right? Giving her loads of shit for going away on a girls' weekend after, you know, she's had this baby. She's really struggling. She obviously needs, like, some friendly time And he is essentially refusing to look after the kid, but not even in like a direct way, like just making her feel guilty for possibly leaving the baby. Well, I mean, it's it's manipulating at its highest standards. He's like, you know, you can't leave this baby. He's too young. He needs his mom. It's like, who doesn't? I mean, obviously he needs his mom, but he'd also be fine without her. You're his dad. Like this whole thing, like mums are more important. It's not like he this baby is relying on her for boobs. She she is doing mixed feeding yeah. and she's pumping and all the rest of it. We also, I also feel like there have been clear discussions about her in terms of postpartum depression and all of this stuff. Yeah. Any loving husband might go, do you know what? Like you need a break, go. take." Yeah. Even Chris Samuels is like at home with the kids. All right, she's got nannies and babysitters to help him out. But this is not something that Ashley could have done. Michael was like, I, I don't want to say gaslighting because I feel I use it all the time, but he was like just emotionally manipulating her. Well, and, and why couldn't like, he have had a nanny come and stay with him and the baby? Right, but it, even beyond the logistics, it wasn't about the logistics. No. It was, when I watched it, I was like, you misogynistic fucking lazy twat. Yep. And then I saw the trailer for the next episode where there's indications that he's been out partying inappropriately. And I thought, was that the only reason he just wanted them out? And actually, I think it's a bit of fucking both. I think he didn't want to look after the baby, even if he didn't have plans. I don't think... 
even if he wasn't going to hang out with strippers all weekend, I don't think he would have gone, listen, I'll take the baby. No, I, I don't think he really wants anything to do. Like, I think he wants something to do with the baby. Like, oh, look how cute. Our family's so happy kind of thing. But not like any of the nitty gritty, like actually taking care of the baby. Like, no. I think he just wants it to be all her. And I mean, I don't know. I want to say, like, well, you know, he does have two older kids. Like, he's beyond that stage in his life. But you know what? That's bullshit. I don't think he was probably there for his other kids either. No. And I also think that there's part of him subconsciously or consciously that's playing on Ashley's very negative relationship with her father. I feel like she is going to let Michael get away with a ton of shit. She's not going to put a ton of pressure on him. She's not going to put expectations on him for fear that he would up and go and leave her with her kid in the way that her mom was left with her. And I think it's just really dark. It's super dark. And I feel like I don't, we haven't seen it, but I'm sure there, I feel like there were conversations when they were talking about getting pregnant that he was like, well, you will take care of the baby. Like this yeah, is I what think you I- want. And I think that's what he's playing up to. And I just think it's gross and despicable. And I feel really bad for her. Yeah, me too. And you think you'll never know whether that postpartum depression is kind of exacerbated or even triggered by the fact that she potentially has a partner that isn't just not helpful, but is actually potentially harmful emotionally. Um, Yeah, it's just a really dark thing. And it's such a weird insight that we have, right? We've got this like peephole into this into their bedroom literally where he is telling her this stuff and it seems so glaringly obvious to us watching it but she's hearing it and doesn't seem to really be as offended or upset by it as she should be yeah i think we're gonna have to wait for the reunion because i am a hundred percent sure people are gonna call him out for that you know like question wise no so doubt. it'll be interesting to see what she'll do. I mean, I would love for her to be like, yeah, we're done. Like, all that was bullshit. But I feel like she's kind of like a stand-by-your-man kind of gal. And yeah. she's just going to stay with him regardless. And I think that's sad and probably pretty harmful to her and her kid. But Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It is. Um, but then they head off to the beach house and... uh I mean, it's a lovely house and it's really swanky and gorgeous, but I do worry about um, Monique and just managing all of this stuff. And she turns up... Now, remind me, who arrives with who? Okay, so I believe... Monique, Giselle, and... Karen. Somebody else. Karen. They all turn up together and then Wendy is the next one in. No, Robin's the next one in, and then Wendy is in. Yeah, Robin was actually on time. Who would have thunk? Um, And we see a very different side to Wendy. Uh, Yeah, Wendy loses her fucking shit. (laughs) And I felt like it's been really out of, like, we haven't seen that side of Wendy up to this point. And you and I were talking kind of before recording about kind of why this all happened. Because I've... I'm really confused by it because she goes off on Ashley because Ashley brought her baby. The first part, I kind of agreed with her and was like, yeah, dude, it's like a girl's weekend, you know, whatever. Obviously, we know there was no way in hell Ashley could have left her baby, so she kind of had to bring him, right? Yeah. 
But I still don't understand why Wendy's going off on Ashley. Like it was her choice whether or not Wendy could bring her baby. Well, so here's my take on it. Okay. So I think what happens is they come in and they bring the baby and Wendy's shocked. And she's like, oh, you brought your baby. And Ashley was like, I just can't really leave him right now. Like I tried and I thought about, I mean, the reality is even if she was ready, clearly she couldn't leave him anyway. Yeah. Um, so, but she says, I just wasn't ready to leave him and da 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 And I think that triggers in Wendy this kind of, well, is the implication that I'm not as a dev- as devoted as a mother, that my bond isn't strong enough if our kids are the same age and you don't feel comfortable leaving your kid, but I do. And I can understand, like, I can understand that, right? I can understand that even though she's not a new mother and they go out of their way to kind of say that, she is still in that new mum phase where she's got hormones raging and she's pumping and she's breasting and all of that stuff. And there's a lot going on. So I feel like that's what, that was the trigger. It felt like... She felt mum shamed, essentially. She felt mum shamed, exactly. Which I can get. I can understand that. And I think she takes it out on Ashley for that reason. Got it. That being said, I feel like she had time between that particular outburst and dinner when they all sit down to kind of process what had happened. And even if I can say, you know, not justified in her response, but I can understand her response. I feel like an apology was owed to Ashley and that was pretty cut and dry. I 100% agree And Wendy just double downs on the fact that she's giving no apology. And not just double downs on it, but really goes for Ashley in terms of her character and what kind of person she is and that she's fake and gets really nasty about it. And then I'm like, well, where is all this shit coming from? Like that, that didn't seem to have any root in kind of, any rationality or any fantasy that I could kind of get on board with. Do you know what I mean? I couldn't find any reason for her to be that vicious towards Ashley. No. And I don't know. I mean, you know, I I think you're right about the triggering episode, but I mean, that doesn't excuse the dinner. And I don't know where the dinner stuff came from at all. Well, I think you've got time to go back. Go on. I feel like Ashley has been nothing but like very real this season. Like we're only like, what? Four, epi- five episodes in, like, there have been no And very time. patient. She's had a lot of people kind of be very kind of emotionally twatty to her. And she's yeah. just kind of been patient, showed kindness when the opportunity has arisen. And I almost have no doubt she'll do it again with Wendy. And she really kept her cool as much as she could have been yeah. expected to. You saw her start to lose it a bit, but I'm not surprised because it came so far out of left field. But this is the thing with Wendy. I'm like okay, you've just had a massive screaming fight in somebody else's house with a group of women that you've only just met. Surely there's a period of reflection between that and sitting down for dinner with them where you go, shit, I lost my shit. I lost my shit. Yeah, I'm still dealing with hormones. I was a dick. I'm really sorry. Blame her on anything, babe. Like, I don't care. Blame her on whatever you like, but just... There's no doubt. There's no argument that you do not owe her apology. You do. Of course yeah. you do. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about her. I feel like I don't know whether she's doing that thing of new housewife and just coming in and being sassy and feeling like she has to kind of prove her worth. But it's a bit like the below deck thing. She's such a fucking smart 
yeah. woman. And to have her come on and just be a mean girl just is so disappointing. Yeah. I don't, yeah, we'll see. I mean, because obviously they're still at the lake house this week. So it'll be interesting to see what happens from this point forward. Like if this, if, if an apology does come, maybe not when like other people dictate it to, I mean, you know what I'm saying? But um, we'll see. Yeah. It's a spicy I mean, to be girls fair, weekend, man. Well, and these girls are pretty self-righteous when it comes to demanding apologies from people. Like, you know, yeah. sometimes you do need somebody, you need to do it in your own time. Right. Um, but shouldn't handle it well. Not at all. Not at all. But one apology that goes really well is the one between Candace and Giselle. Man, I'm really impressed with Candace. Like, I feel like she's going to, fuck up and she's not getting everything right but she is owning that shit and she does seem to be managing things in a much less impetuous and reactive way i think that's her difference she's really trying not to be as reactive this season i agree i feel like she's really trying to take a step back and let things sink in before she responds to things and I think I think we called it last week when we said, yeah. you know, if she just apologized to Giselle, Giselle's going to be like, it's cool, it's fine, we'll move on. Because I think that's just who Giselle is. Yeah, like if, I 100% If you come agree. with an apology, she accepts it and moves on. And I think that's really great. Um, I'm, I'm impressed with Candace so far this season, to be really honest. I mean, she's had some tricky moments, but I definitely think it's a different Candace than we've seen in previous seasons so far. I agree. I agree. I'm excited to see her grow. Um, but we'll have to wait for next week to see the evolution of Wendy because God only knows how that's going to... All she needs to do is wake up and go, I'm really fucking sorry. Listen, I shouldn't have lost my shit like that. And we would all be yeah. like, okay, that's done. Fine. Yeah, fine. Let's let's go have fun. We'll see. But then I also hope she doesn't do that because I feel like that would be boring. We'll see. Very true. Maybe she'll stir up some more. Who knows? While we've got you here, we'd love to talk to you about our brand new Patreon account. Woohoo! It's all the extra content that is not only about reality TV, but all the other TV that we happen to be watching. And if that wasn't cool enough, we also give away a little bit more about ourselves. So there's lots of personal stuff on there too, if you want to get to know us better. So head on over to patreon.com, search for TV My Husband Hates, and all this extra content can be yours for less than a cup of coffee. Or a glass of wine. Whatever you choose. Okay, let's uh, get back to it. Thank you so much for taking time to have a listen to that. And let's move on to Below Deck Mediterranean, where we have my favorite stew back on the boat, Aisha. Yes, I love her so much. I feel she changes the entire vibe of the boat just by being on here. Like she's cool. She's fun. She's easygoing. And it's just, it's, it's a breath of fresh air to be really frank. I really like watching Bugsy and Aisha be like the first and second stew. I think they're going to kick ass the rest of the season. I do too. I think that, that Aisha, like you say, has brought this breath of fresh, positive, stress-free, light air which obviously as much as hannah is who she is she's not stress-free she's not light there's a lot of anxiety it's a it's a lot to deal with yeah um but i think aisha's energy is great and i have to say i'm predicted that her and bugs would be great i also predicted that her and jess would be great i'm not sure 
I got that right. No, I think Jess is a little more emo than Aisha. And I think Aisha's happiness is going to grate on her a bit. Yeah, I think Aisha's kind of constant positive outlook outlook is is gonna wind Jess up something chronic. I also love Jess's like, why can't I be seconds to you? It's like, oh babe. Babe, you're shit. Babe, you're a sweetheart, but you're not a seconds to you. No, and you know that. Like just yeah, just so be chill. I have to say, I've done service, like I've done kind of that sort of thing. To be honest, if somebody said to me, just stay in laundry, I'd be like, fine. If I don't have to deal with guests and run around, do that. I'll just stay in fucking laundry. I'll watch my TV. I'll listen to my podcast. I'll fold laundry till the end of the day. I'm, Absolutely. I'm okay with that. That seems like by far the easiest place to be <laughs> on the entire boat in the like least stressful. Yeah. Just get even on and do steam, that. Even if you had to steam guest clothes, I think I'd be okay with that. Because I think you're absolutely I'm, right. I'd put on a podcast, watch my, watch my shows. Done, right? Be Easy as you like. But Jess is a sort of one for complaining. And that's, I think, what Aisha isn't. Like, Aisha will never complain. She just fucking gets on with it. Whereas I think Jess is looking for somebody that she kind of found in Hannah that they yeah. could kind of bitch and moan a bit about yeah. stuff. And that's just not Aisha. So I think Jess yeah. might struggle. And I think Bugsy's going to respond really well to Aisha's positive attitude. So either Jess chooses to kind of step up, accept it, be part of the positive happy train, or she's going to get fucking steamrolled. Well, and it's all up to her because one thing I really like about Bugs as Chief Stew is like her encouraging, like she's really encouraging of Jess to like do the table settings and like, you know, she's really trying to, you know, be positive in her interactions with her and ways that she could improve and all that kind of stuff, which you know Hannah would not have, Hannah would not have done that. No, she she really couldn't care less. And I don't think, it, I'm sure Hannah was a great chief stew, but I think we've just seen her in the last couple of seasons where it, she did two seasons too many, almost, right? And yeah. she was done and she walked onto a boat and just felt her heart sank a little bit. So I, I can get that, but I really love Bugs as a chief stew. I think she's excellent at her job. And like you say, her management skills are awesome. They really are. I also like how Isha kind of breaks down the uh, Jack situation in the beginning of this episode. She's like, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, there's no fucking around with her, is there? She's like, yeah, it was fine. And then I was just about to go and see him. And then on Instagram, it turned out he'd been shagging his ex-girlfriend. So I broke up with him, the fucking twat. Fair enough. Yeah, Aisha, I'd expect nothing less from Absolutely. Way too good for that business. But I really liked how she kind of like addresses it. I thought that was funny. Yeah, she did. She was like, like, made no bones about it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, usually they just get on and they don't like address their personal life, but she's like, this is what happened. (laughs) Well, that's what I love about it, though, right? There's no boundaries, there's no pretense. It's like, this is what happened. And there was no shame. It was, you know, how many times when you get cheated on by a boyfriend do you like, it hits your confidence and self-esteem and you don't want to talk about it because you feel like you're the problem and you're what she's like no, she's got no time for that she's no. like no he was a dick he cheated i am a fucking prize and he's the wanker let's absolutely move on. absolutely um rob and jess as well continuing <sighs> in there just i know it's a lot it's too much so anyway let's just chat a bit about rob he yeah. is receiving text messages from his ex and even before jess finds out whatever his ex is saying 
it's somehow affects his mood i mean to be fair like he's so moody he's so moody (laughs) so moody it's so exhausting he's so emotionally volatile do you know what i mean it's like you can't do anything and he like sinks into some sort of deep meaningful ponderous state and it's just tedious but he yeah he's and it just infects the rest of the boat no, it really does. I think he's either on or he's off. Like, there's no, like, I'm dealing with some stuff, but I can get through it. I think he has to, like, turn off and only focus on the stuff that he has to deal with. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, there's no multitasking. He can't compartmentalize. It's like he can't put that in a box and just deal yeah. with that when he's not on deck. He's going to let it affect. And even Captain Sandy's like, I don't think I've ever seen anybody not f- not even fake it for the captain. Yeah, like I mean, this is your job, dude. When she's like, you okay? I mean, the answer to your captain is, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm just yeah. going to get on and go do my job. That's what you need to say. He's like, no, I'm not. Like, I'm all right, turned oh. off. I don't know what to do. Oh. I feel like... I'm going to go listen to The Cure in my room. <laughs> <laughs> I feel more like he just needs plugging in and rebooting. You know, like yeah. he's kind of dead between behind the eyes. You know, those like funny memes of... what's her name trump uh, melania yeah yeah her where like every now and again the camera catches her and she's just like looking side to side like that and somebody's (laughs) like does she just need rebooting like do we just need to turn her on and off again that's kind of how i feel old nintendo games you just need to blow on the circuit board a little bit and like (laughs) turn it back on (laughs) yeah that's what i think it's like yeah yeah, he needs he needs turning on and off again it's not working there's some sort of malfunction someone call it Um, But also, like, when does he ever just, like, have a laugh? Yeah, I mean, I think this is the thing. And, I mean, granted, he's had a pretty dark, like, personal past and things like that. And so I have empathy for him. But at the same time, it's just, like, it can't always be about, like, your dark shit. No. And, I mean, maybe that makes me insensitive. But it's just, like... I don't know. Like, you're trying to woo this pretty girl and, like, do new things with her. Do new things! I wouldn't take him to Bali. No. He'd be like the biggest Bali buzzkill ever. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, <sighs> I, I, at first I was kind of like agreeing with him. He, he has no control over who, he, who texts him, but he does okay. have control over how he reacts to it. And he doesn't have to text this girl back. He could block her if he didn't She's- really want to talk to her. Well, she's not his responsibility. She's going no. through some shit. But I mean, we don't know how it ended. All right, all of that stuff. But at the same time, it's like, it, it isn't his problem. Like, yes, right. he can choose to help her if he can or whatever. But it's not his issues. It doesn't need to make him fucking miserable. Yeah. And <clears throat> I do agree. If she's texting him, that isn't his responsibility. And I think he tells... I think he could have told Jess a little bit sooner, but he tells right. her when he tells her. You know, there's lots of guys yeah. that wouldn't have told her. Um, and that's not good. I feel like Jess is the girl that you don't tell the f- that you're talking to your ex-girlfriend. No, and I think ultimately that's probably going to be the breakdown of their relationship, right? Like, you have to be with someone that you can be honest with and just be like, hey, this girl's texting me. She's really going through some shit, you know, I, I care about her as a person. I'm just trying to help her out. It means nothing. And she needs to be okay with, like, you have to be okay with that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you do or you don't. I mean, it's yeah. like, it's either, and I, and I can, I mean, I, I think it's a bit batshit crazy, but 
<coughs> excuse me um i can understand why that might not be okay for somebody like some women just cannot bear right. that and it is what it is but then you um, be honest about it and be like you know what that really bothers me we can't be in a relationship if you do that like be a yeah. grown-up about it don't be sulky and fucking weird. storm off and like this kind of just get out of bed and leave in a half and yeah. then rage rage text from the laundry room like don't do that that's rage not cute on anybody rage texting is never a good idea it will always no. lead you in the shit always here's what i've learned it's like if you're raging and angry and you're feeling these emotions literally the only thing you need to do is have a conversation with that person that's yeah. making you feel that way that's all you need to do you know you just slash his tires or rage text or go and get shit faced i mean i've you- been known to do a couple of those things but <laughs> the lessons i've learned are it never gets you anywhere good the best thing no. to do is to be the bigger person sit down have the chat figure that shit out like a grown-up absolutely absolutely um, but talking of grown-ups, Bugsy's kicking, killing it, isn't she? She is. And lovely little Alex just needs Love to get those them. balls and make his motherfucking move. I think we'll see it next episode. Do you? Do you think I, it's coming? I do. Yeah, I think it's coming. I think they have a kiss the next episode. I feel like that was teased at oh, the end of this I'm episode. Excited. I really hope he needs to like shit or get off the pot. And I don't know why he's, he's such a sweet boy. Like I, I don't know. understand why it's so hard to ask her out on a date. Yeah, I don't know. It's part of his charm. I do maybe. feel like we haven't had very many nights out. Like, you know, I think there was a night when they had to go to Ibiza early so they couldn't get out. And yeah. I feel like it hasn't been quite the social kind of crazy that we've had on previous boats. So maybe that's hampered it a little bit. But yeah. um, but I'm excited. If you say it's next episode, I am excited. I think it's next episode. I think they have a night out in Ibiza. Ooh. Yeah, that'll be messy. Rob will obviously have a miserable time because yeah, that just is the most awful thing in the world to have to it go is. and have a night out in Ibiza. I don't know how. I don't know how he he's cope. will cope. We'll see, but I'm sure we'll hear a lot about how fucking tough and miserable it is. Yeah, we can definitely count on that one. <coughs> Excuse me, I've got something in my throat. All right. Well, while, while Kat is coughing, I'm going to take us to uh, Million Dollar Listing LA, which is the season finale, which is kind of good because we've run out of real things to talk about with this show. Yeah. I think um, we've lost our enthusiasm for it a little bit, haven't we? We have. However, I was super excited <coughs> about the Seabright estate, like the Barrymore estate. This is why if I was to ever get into real estate, I would want to get into real estate in LA because of like the old Hollywood historical little finds. And so this house was originally being built by King Vidor in 1926, who was like huge in Hollywood at the time. And then it was sold to John Barrymore, who's Drew's grandpa in 1928. And then now it's Tony Scott's house. That's where I got interested. Yeah. The guy who uh, did Top Gun. So um, yeah, like, it's just a crazy house. It is, but it's not an easy, like, it's no. not a house I'd buy. Do you know what I mean? It's, if you've got 16 million, unless you are buying that house because you're a massive kind of fan of Hollywood and you yeah. don't mind spending a ton of money on it, because that kitchen is crappy. Oh, I mean, almost everything is crappy. I'm sure the pool has to be redone. It's an old ass pool. Pools are a pain in the ass. 
Um, the trees were gorgeous. I mean, I think if if you were like if you had twenty million to spend on a house and you wanted like the trees and the history, you'd buy that house, right? You could easily put four million dollars into it and make it pretty kick ass. But I I loved the history of it. I couldn't believe there were like redwood tree floors because I think it's illegal to do that I now. Know, it's like quite, you protected. can't cut down a redwood anymore. Yeah, no. But also, I loved watching Tracy and Josh Altman work together. They have yes. become, I think, my two favorite real estate agents this season. I think mostly we've seen more of Josh than I have of Josh Flag, for instance. I do yeah. love Josh Flag, but. This season, I've really kind of fallen for Josh Altman in a way that I never have done before. And watching those two work together was cool. I feel like Josh Altman's grown up a little bit. Like, I a think lot. having kids and being married has really made him way more likable. And I feel like he's tempered himself a bit. I still like his over-the-topness because that's definitely who he is. But he and Tracy work really well together. I was yeah, impressed. Yeah, they do. No, me too. I was as well. Um and then we have James and David with yet another overpriced house on their hands. I mean, it's just boring. It really is. I mean, the house was gorgeous. I, again, don't know if it's worth what they're asking. I have no idea what gated communities go for. I mean, it's the indication is that it's it's not worth it. Nobody in that room thought it was. But um, no. I just... And I really want them to be cool people, but because they're English, I'm like, well, we're all cool. Represent. But he's just a little bit of a prissy and he just gets a little bit sensey and reactive and defensive. And I'm like, oh, just it makes me feel like he feels very intimidated by the other people in that room. And I think he does, but I don't think he has any reason to. They're still doing great stuff, but I just want him to be a bit more fucking confident and I don't know. Yeah, I feel like, did they have only one sale this entire season? Maybe two, because they sold that three million overpriced one with all the regulations that the guy really struggled with. They sold that one at the beginning, but for not very much. And then they also sold that one that Tracy didn't take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Pasadena. The Pasadena one. But I think that was it. No, because I think they sold a third one. It was for under, but it was with that other guy who was kind of half British. Oh, they sold, yeah, they sold that one in the last episode. I mean, yeah, look, yeah. they're not doing badly, but... No. But the overpricing is any, tedious. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. tedious to watch, especially when you see other agents being like, no, I'm not going to list it for that price. It's overpriced. If you want to hang on to it for 60 days, you can list it at that price, but we want to get rid of it, so it needs to be this price. I mean, even Josh and Tracy in this, like, massive historical Hollywood home were like, we will never sell it for that. It needs to be this price. And they're yeah. confident on that, and I think that makes a huge difference. I don't know. I do. It's also more interesting to watch. Do you know what I mean? I want to hear totally. those conversations. Um so yeah, they didn't sell it anyway. It said in the uh, sort of the little roundup at the end that they didn't sell it. Unsurprising. No. Um, yeah. And that is it. That's the end of Million Dollar Listing LA. And uh, I, honestly, I feel they should have used Frederick more. Yeah. I James think we'll and see David less. We'll see some shakeups next season, yeah. probably. Um, and I don't know if they had to cut some things short for COVID because obviously, in the business that they're in, COVID pretty much shut it down. Because, I mean, California has been on lockdown longer than anybody has. Yeah. Um, so, who knows? But who anyways. Knows? Uh, and then, finally, Real Housewives of New York. We, 
Again, an end of season finale. Kind of a damp squib. Yeah, it was so meh. So meh. It was. It was like I was waiting for something cool and instead I had to sit through an inordinate amount of time of Luann singing an awful song. Oh my word. Like, does she not know she can't sing? I don't think she does. I honestly, I think she's like one of those kids on X Factor that comes on stage and they're like, my mum says I'm really good and it makes her cry every time I sing. And then they sing and you're like, yeah, did you ask anybody else except your (laughs) mum? I mean, Luanne, I, I just can't even. And it's so painful to listen to. And I also feel for like the guy who's written the song as well because I'm like... His reputation's like, surely he's sitting there going, this bitch can't sing. Right. I mean, anybody can sing when they're auto-tuned and what have you. I mean, you can do um, pretty incredible things to people's voices you in can. production. Um, and I'm sure that that's what they will do. It's really, I think, more her persona, which I can kind of understand. Like, the song matches her persona a little bit, but... When she was singing at Drag Queen Bingo, was I wrong or was there a backing track with vocals singing along with her? So she was just like singing to a tape, like not even proper yeah. karaoke. No, no, it was bad. It was, it was, it was really bad. Um, and you're right. I mean, they buy it because some people just throw money at it because she's Luann from yeah. Luann off the telly. But it just seems to make a mockery of everything and everybody else in the music industry yeah the only way i can buy luann like i think it would be fun to go to her cabaret because it's like talking and that kind of thing and her little songs could probably be fine in that sort of arena if you're not like being like i'm a singer no i'm like a cabaret person this is all tongue-in-cheek whatever i get that but i don't understand the releasing of multiple singles no as i mean are a singer She's doing it for the money, let's be honest. But yeah, yeah, you're right. I think in cabaret, you can get away with anything. You don't have to do, um, you know, you don't have to be a singer. It's about the comedy. It's about not yeah. taking yourself too seriously. And I feel like if anything, cabaret has at least taught Luann not to take herself too seriously at certain times on while she's on stage with a microphone. Um, yeah. I think the fact that Ramona didn't turn up is... She's a you know, dick, man. She's a fucking self-absorbed dick. Like all that bullshit about supporting women and you don't even show to like your friend's thing because you can't be bothered to open the invitation because your she life is too busy women. for attachments. Oh, fuck she, off. The only person Ramona supports is her fucking self. She's so self-absorbed. It's painful to watch. And... And the, the just the hypocrisy with Leah. Like, Leah talks about... I can't even remember what it was, but it was something really innocuous. And then she goes on about 69s, and Sonia says something, but that's fine. But what yeah. Leah said wasn't. And it's like, oh, Ramona, Ramona, Ramona. Just... Quit with the bullshit mind games. Her, she, where it. her heart should be is just a piece of stone-cold coal. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. And I've tried, I have tried this, you I have. have tried this season to h- find the chinks of goodness in her dark soul and I am not doing it anymore. No, honestly, I'm here for Sonia. Sonia has like the lightest, brightest heart of anybody 
that I can remember on reality television. She was brilliant in Luann's Cabaret. She is like an off-the-cuff, just like funny, witty, crazy soul. And I love her for that. I think she doesn't have a shtick. She just is who she is. And I really kind of appreciate that about her. I mean, I I hope for her sake she sells this townhome because it's just crushing her. This fucking townhouse, man. The fact that she's (laughs) even now got it on the market, I'm like, you go, girl, finally. I mean, I feel exhausted hearing about this townhouse every season. Can I imagine what it must be like to have to bloody well pay for it every month? I mean, she said at one point, I think it was costing her $50,000 a month. I mean, that's, I mean, that's more money than I've ever seen in one go. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's a lot of money. Yeah, it is. I, she just needs to get rid of it. I mean, imagine the joy when it's gone. Yeah, she's going to feel so light and Right. And I'm excited to see that. Um, I'm also here for more Leah. I loved the part where she was like chatting with her mom. I think her and her mom are more similar than they realize. Like they're both very snarky. They are more alike, which I think is like the problem with their relationship, right? Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think that they, they are very, very similar. And I think it takes you a long time to get to that point of recognition. Um, but, you know, you can see it. It's easy for us to hear Leah's side of the story and go, well, her mom's terrible. I don't think her mom's terrible. I think her mom loves and adores her. I think they just butt heads. And it's interesting yeah. when Leah's like, you know, but you told me to fuck. You told me to like whatever it was. And she's like, yeah, but what did you say to me? She's like, yeah, I told you to fuck off. It's like, you know, <laughs> I think these two are six of one and half a dozen of yes. another. And when you get when you both become adults, that mother-daughter relationship becomes more complicated because it's not like as a mum you have to take, you know, when I've got a six-year-old, it's not cute for a grown-up to be like arguing with a six-year-old over who's right and who's wrong. Right. So you just kind of have to fucking concede that shit. But when you've got a grown-up daughter, that kind of goes and you dig your heels in a little bit more, I imagine, right? And I think that's all that's happened is that they've just started to like fight on a more equal playing field. Right. Right, which um, Leah should take as kind of a compliment. Like, your mom yeah. is fighting with you because she knows you're strong enough to handle it now. Like, she's telling you you're okay. Yeah. Now she can do this with you. And fuck off, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. But I did love seeing those three together doing that. Yeah. I love that Leah's going away to Jamaica with Kiki and they're going to have a great time. Um and I think that's really positive. And I really hope that I'm sure we'll see Leah next season. Yeah. And I'd like Sonia to stay. Um, I think she will. But honestly, I really hope even Luann I could cope with. But I really think now that Dorinda's, I think Ramona needs to go. She's 100%. Done. I, th- I think Ramona needs to leave too. I mean, she's been on this show from the very beginning. Yeah. It, it's time. I'm calling it. It's done. Uh, I agree. She, for her own benefit as well, I think she needs to be off this show. Um, but we we have this drag queen bingo and it is the end of the motherfucking season. And just when we think it's all going to fizzle out with like a wet fart. Dorinda brings the motherfucking heat. Oh, from my left, word. Like, literally sideswipes us with it. No idea this was coming. No, no. I mean, I was doing stories this week for Instagram and I thought I was done with stories. So like I put up the thing like, what did we all think about the finale, blah, blah, blah. And like my TV's still rolling and like Dorinda loses her shit. And I was like, oh my gosh. It was so bizarre as well because I watched it and thought, oh, I must have missed something. Rewound it. I was like, 
I really didn't. Like Leah was just, oh. and it was very clear she was just about to propose a toast to the friendships that she'd made. And to contextualize it, she led with Tinsley introduced me to this group. And you could tell that she was going to say, yeah. but I now feel like without Tinsley, I'm still part of this group and we've made friends and I love you all. Like you could tell that was the direction it was going. Yeah. She didn't even get that far. She's like, Tinsley introduced me to this group. Dorinda just went absolutely batshit crazy. Like, do you think? Do you think shit. this is why she left the show? Because of this ending? Because she was talking all about a stuff like Tinsley broke her contract. She made us all look like dicks. Like, oh, why Dorinda left the show? Yeah, yeah. Or maybe was asked. No, I suspect Dorinda's probably been coming under some social media fire and press yeah. fire throughout the season because she's behaved so badly um so i suspect that was part of it i think with tinsley dorinda's just seethingly jealous i think Jesus. she's seethingly jealous that she found her happy ending uh that she's still kind of young and beautiful um and i think she's probably seethingly jealous that she went off to go and do it almost, you know, like she was, she found a way out of it. And I think Dorinda's probably been fairly unhappy and maybe just wanted out too. And felt like Tinsley took the easy way and fucked everybody over in the meantime. It was really crazy shit. It was, but I mean, that all being said, even if she's right, that was a weirdly strong reaction. (laughs) It was a really weird way to end the show, too. Like, it was like... I know, it was like, you can't end it. What, we just ending it there? Is that... Yeah. Is that it? But we did get a little teaser of the reunion, and it's the first reunion that's happening back in person. Yeah, Um, yeah. And I think it'd be interesting now that we've seen a few virtual reunions to see how it's different in person and whether something else I think what's really interesting is that the Beverly Hills... I mean, because I again, I think California is still fairly strict on their lockdowns. I think New York is loosened up a little bit for more social distancing and mask wearing. But I think California is pretty still locked down. We're going to see, I mean, 2021 may bring us not very many movies and such because of this year. But um, anyways, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see one in person. It looks crazy. Um, it just does. from the previews I've seen. So I'm, I'm here for but it. But also, just before we go, you've also seen, you. I haven't watched it yet, but yeah. you've watched the first episode of the Beverly Hills reunion as well. Yes. And that looks good too, right? And if you haven't watched it, there's mm-hmm. a teaser for the one next week where Andy actually yells at somebody, which we've seen him be snarky. We've seen him take everything on a chin, but he actually yells at somebody next week. So I watch it. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. The minisodes are going to be great for both of these um, and they'll be coming soon. Well, what I should be doing is going to bed because I've barely had any sleep all weekend because I had a very (laughs) impromptu, massive night on Friday. And then my kid was up with a cough, not COVID, on last night. Uh, But I think I might have to watch the first episode in bed right now. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm excited. Well, listen, thank you so much once again for sticking with us this week. If you could rate and review, we'd be very grateful. That's how we get out there and more people know about us. Um, So please do that. Um, Reagan, I hope you have a good week too. You too. And I hope everybody has a week, a good week. Um, I think the majority of people's kids, at least in the US, will be back in school this week. So hopefully everybody stays healthy and at school. It's my wish for all of you. 
that that is my wish too for the <laughs> now and forever till the end of time um but yes have a good one and remember smart people watch reality tv too bye-bye bye-bye Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. The music and production for TV My Husband Hates by Jimmy Sims.